God's word today, we will turn to Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. Verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen. God is the first and the last. God is the beginning and the end. God is the first and the last, as well as the beginning and the end. And from him began all creation, and by him all things will come to an end. Do you believe this? That through him creation came into existence, and through him creation will come to an end. And in between that time, to those who revere God, who fear him, he will provide bread and give covenant. Psalm 111.5, it mentions he provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. So to those who fear him, he will provide the promised food and he will also remember his covenant forever. And our faith is to believe this. Say amen if you believe. The life of faith of such a person is therefore to be satisfied by the promise of daily bread. In Proverbs chapter 30, it, um, it documents Agar's desire uh, to give him neither poverty nor wealth to be satisfied by the daily bread God provides and do not worry about tomorrow so we do not worry about tomorrow so we do not worry about tomorrow nor worry about things of the flesh so it's not to be concerned of things of the flesh but first do the work we ought to do which is for the soul and this is our faith life to do the things for our soul so it is to first do the work he tells us to do and this is the work we ought to do first for this is the work of our souls so jesus christ uh, he said to not worry about what to eat or drink or about making a living. 
but to first seek his kingdom and his righteousness, for his work is the most important. So if you do his work, he will take care of all else. In order to survive, animals and humans need to eat. When animals open their eyes, when the day begins, they hunt for food. The birds, uh, the groundhogs, animals, the creatures, whether big or small, whether they fly or crawl, they go out to gather their daily bread in order to survive. So in the animal kingdom, you see them run around and uh, all that they do, it's not for exercise. It's not exercise, but it is to find food. So when they have targeted a prey, they will do anything to capture it. And not only animals, but humans as well. From the moment they open their eyes, with the start of the day, they hunt for food, for their flesh. It's for their flesh and for their family in order to provide food for the flesh and family. They start their day living a hectic schedule, working from morning to evening and laboring. And the commonality is for food, in search of food. So all this effort is for that. And above the level of individuals, on the national level as well, so there are all these difficult terms and um, explanations, but simply put, it is a hunt and competition for food. Whether that's uh, finances or economics, uh, it's all this concept of searching and hunting for food in order to survive. So if you break it down to the core, it's about food. So in 2023, uh, people forecast the economic outlook and there are countless studies and researches being conducted to predict what the future will look like for us. So gathering the data and putting together graphs and charts to explain this all, but it looks quite dark this year. And uh, uh, it's due to inflation as it's rising due to high interest rates. So, um, so there are companies going bankrupt. There's corporate bankruptcy and uh, it's, it's creating uh, more issues. And uh, we see that therefore there will be an economic crisis, a recession. Uh, there was a severe recession in the 1930s and they predict it will come again sometime soon. So home prices have, across the world have increased and people are even taking their own lives as a result. And not only with real estate, but even with stocks, uh, the future does not look good. And 
some say that there may perhaps be a stock market crash like there was in 2008. And even Tesla, uh, stock prices are continuing to fall. So people are saying that uh, this year, 2023, it looks very bleak. And the big tech companies are announcing layoffs and are uh, cutting back on spending. So these are mass layoffs they have in plan. So the unemployed are increasing and many companies worldwide, worldwide are having such plans. And if that happens, then we see that everything will be affected as they are all interconnected. So just as with the food chain, with the big fish, small fish, um, each is dependent on the next and rely on each other to survive. So they predict an economic recession, and it is a very serious situation. And I am sorry to be talking of such seriousness at the beginning of the year, but regardless of what is happening in the world of economics and finances, if we focus on his kingdom and his righteousness, I the soul will live. The Father will take care of us. Hallelujah. So we do not need to worry, for we believe in the Bible. Amen. Amen. So for the month of January, our entire church will focus and concentrate on reading the Bible. So are we truly living in difficult times, or are you all hallelujah and are flying high? Anyone like that here? Or is it just me? Hallelujah. So we who live in this world affected by the economic situation, how we can survive and not worry and be concerned about all this is to look at the Bible, for it is the essence and basis of our faith. It talks about God and the faith that God demands. For who is God? He is the one who created all things. So we have to start from Genesis, where for six days he created all things and it didn't end there, but he created man and allowed man to be fruitful and multiply in number to fill the earth and subdue it. And this is such a blessing he gave to mankind. And he also gave them food. He provided them food. So God knows that he made man and for he made them as such and he also provided them food. So if you are human, uh, then you will not starve as he made us so that we won't starve and 
live happily. However, there was an issue that arose in the Garden of Eden. God commanded Adam that he could eat anything in the garden as much as he desired, but he could not eat the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This was the command given, and he could do anything but that. But we see the devil in the form of a serpent in the garden deceive the woman by saying, Did God really say, You must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat from eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, or you will die. So the devil tempted her, asking her why, and she said, We will surely die. And he deceived her, saying, You will not certainly die, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God. So who is God? God is the creator of all things. And he provided abundantly and sufficiently the food. However, the devil caused them to forget this fact and instilled in their hearts to want to be like God. And God did not forgive this disobedience. He did not forgive the sin and they became slaves of the devil and were headed to hell with him. So this was their fate now to go to hell. So after Adam was banished from the Garden of Eden, God surrounded the garden with a flaming sword so that no one can re-enter the garden. And their, their fate, uh, therefore, uh, God said, By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. However, God had a plan to fulfill, for he created mankind as objects of his love. Hallelujah! So you didn't forget this from the last sermon. So for this plan, they needed to multiply and uh, be fruitful, and it was through the dispensation of God that he revealed himself. and. And for all this to be fulfilled, uh, there was a man named uh, Joseph, who was a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because his brothers were very jealous of him, they sold him as a slave to Egypt. But then, uh, after some events, he became second in command, as he was able to interpret Pharaoh's dream and made Egypt a very powerful nation. At that time, there was a famine in all the lands, but rumors spread that if you go to Egypt, they would be provided food. So, so his family, Jacob and uh, family of 70, visited Joseph and were provided food and able to eat. So do you remember reading this in the Bible? And uh, after uh, coming here, they were able to preserve their line and multiply. 
they had twins and um, they kept multiplying and their people grew at, as they were provided food here. So the Egyptian king, he perhaps felt threatened as their people increased in number. So he started to hate and persecute them. And that is when Moses was sent to bring his people out of Egypt. And overnight, this led to uh, the Exodus. So this was a very brief summary of what happened. In Psalms 105, 16, Psalms chapter 105, verse 16, uh, describes this further. So Psalms 105, uh, 16, he called down famine on the land and destroyed all their supplies of food. And he sent the man before him, before them, Joseph, sold as a slave. They bruised his feet with shackles. His neck was put in irons. So he is referring to God that he called famine on the land. So there was no rain and there was drought. It was just dry land. And some wonder whether this was a result of climate change. But there was famine and therefore this destroyed their food supplies. And it is God who called down famine on the land. So it's, it is not climate change or some coincidence, but it says God called down a famine and it destroyed their food, their supplies of food. So due to the famine, so the famine, it, it cut off their supplies of food. So due to the drought, um, if they planted seeds, it did not grow and their food was all destroyed. So this was God who called down the famine. So all across the land, there was famine and it cut off their food supply. And that is why Jacob and 70 of his family went to Egypt. Do you remember? But so they went to Egypt, but who was there first? Who was there first? It was Joseph. Joseph, who was sold as a slave, but became second in command and uh, led the nation to flourish and become very powerful as he had the talent to interpret dreams. So, so the people of Israel, this is how they entered uh, Egypt. They were there for 430 years, multiplying their people and just living there. The Egyptians thought they were too many, and if they uh, rebelled, they take their sovereignty, so they started persecuting them. So if Pharaoh gave an order, for example, you are no longer to supply the people with straw for making bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw. So the Jews, uh, so they were put through so much hardship and being persecuted, but they held on to the hope to escape this hardship, and that's when Moses was sent. 
So Psalms chapter 105 onwards talks about the history of their exodus. And then verse 40 says, They asked, and he brought them quail. He fed them well with the bread of heaven. So he fed them well with the bread of heaven. So he brought them quail and fed them well with the bread of heaven. And this was a foreshadow of the true bread of heaven that would give them life, the bread of heaven. So from, so this was a foreshadow of what was to happen. So God is the one who created all things. And this was all a part of his plan for him to feed us the bread of heaven and give us eternal life. Do you understand? So now we see that the Israelites were set free and liberated from Egypt. And in Exodus chapter 12, it describes that as this month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. So then when they left Egypt on the Passover, they, it was the first day of the month so the first month the first month of the year so this started the first day of the year so january in other words so for them the moment they left egypt was considered the first day the first month of the year do you, do you understand so in order for them to not forget this and to remember they were instructed to give the feasts and festivals so of which um, there was the feast of unleavened bread so it happened so suddenly that they were not able to prepare any food so after being slaves for 430 years they le they left so suddenly and they weren't able to prepare food so you need a leavening agent for bread to grow and rise However, however, they were, <clears throat> were to make unleavened bread for there was no rising agent. And so it was like some dry, uh, flaky type of bread. So there is a similar type of snack in Korea. It's, uh, have you ever tried it? It's, it was actually pretty good. So it's a very, it's very dry and it's uh, made with uh, flour and sugar and as we didn't have much to eat, it was so good. And so it's not like some moist loaf of bread, but it's this bread that's dry and hard for it's unleavened. And for seven days, they'd have to eat this unleavened bread as they left without having time to prepare any food to take with them. So they had no time to prepare any food to take with them. So this reminded them of that. So they ate this unleavened bread and they wound up in the desert. And in the desert, there was no water. And so they started to grumble and complain. But for 40 years, God provided manna from heaven. So from heaven, he provided manna. Like rain, it fell to the ground from heaven. So they ate this, all the people ate this, and 
Initially, they were happy that they at least had this food to eat, not knowing exactly what it was, for it filled their stomachs. But after one day, two days, after a few days of eating this food, they became sick and tired of it. It was always the same menu and nothing else. It was the same thing every single day without any side dishes. So they tried it in different ways and cooking methods, but all that came from them was grumbling and complaints, saying, how much longer do we have to eat this and how much longer do we have to live like this? So what happened to all those who grumbled and complained? They all fell dead. Though God provided them this bread, this food, they grumbled and complained. So for 40 years, they were to remember that they survived to this day because God provided for them. God provided them manna. And in order for them to remember this, they were to place the manna in a jar, in the jar of manna, and place it in the Ark of the Covenant, which was in the temple. So when you say temple, what comes to mind is the Ark of the Covenant and also the jar of manna, which was to remind them that God provides them food. That he provides them food. For 40 years, God provided them food so they would not starve and provided for them abundantly. So the jar of manna, it contained one omer of manna. So one omer of manna, which was equivalent to one's portion or daily serving. So they were provided for all those years. And it was the Ark of the Covenant and the jar of manna placed in the temple, which reminded them of this. So this was for, this was their daily bread and to instill in them that the food that is bread is what God prepares. It does not come as a result of worries or concerns. It is what God provides. So bread is what God provides. So bread, food is what God provides. Hallelujah. Do you hope that we're all provided bread from heaven and be hallelujah all the time? Wouldn't that be great? But I think if it were us, none of us would survive. After a day or two, we'd be sick and tired. And, and I think I'd be one of the first to complain. Uh, so I need some kimchi on the side. So this was to instill this in them. And not only that, to eat this bread and to keep the commands of the Lord, that he will provide the food, he will provide the bread, and they did not have to worry about it. But what they ought to do now is keep his command. Deuteronomy chapter 8 says to keep his commands. So two things. So two things, bread, the food is prepared by God. And second, what we ought to do is work. And at that time, it was to keep the commands of the Lord God. And was that easy or not? They didn't have to work and they just had to keep the law. 
but as they were unable to do so, is why they fell dead in the desert. And due to this disobedience, they were struck dead. And only two from the older generation and the new generation that remained were able to enter the promised land flowing with milk and honey. They expanded their people and grew their nation, but as they mixed with foreign nations, as well as worshiping and serving their gods, it led to disobedience. And uh, so what came as a result of this disobedience? Uh, they were punished with famine. Their food supply was cut off because they did not keep his commands. So they were, and in the history of Israel, we see multiple incidents of famine and of them having their daily food cut off, having their daily food cut off, their food supplies destroyed. The prophet said that they were to turn back, to turn back and keep the commands of Jehovah. And if so, then they would be given good things and it, and they would be uh, satisfied. So it, and this was all done by turning back. And uh, so during the time of Elijah, there was a famine, a severe drought for three years and six months where they had no rain. Their people were so corrupted and he was told to go to the brook to drink the water. And uh, so he said, you will drink from the brook and I will feed you. So he drank the water from the brook and the moment he did so is when their food supply was cut off um, and there was a famine. But to Elijah, God provided him food. Morning and evening through ravens, he was given bread and meat and he was able to survive. So those who did the work of God, those who kept his command, were spared from the famine and drought, that he would even send ravens to give bread and meat. So if we have lost our job and uh, we have no source of income, what, what must we do? We have to make the resolve to keep the command of God and do the work we ought to do. And God would even send ravens to provide us bread and meat whether it's helicopter or birds he will provide for us amen and because they have such history uh when when they thought of jehovah god um it was closely related with the survival of their people and with bread with food so what is today's topic the title is The Thing to Do First. And it's about wh what we ought to do. So we do not have to worry about food. Even in the Old Testament, even in the desert, they did not have to worry about food. They did not die of lack, but rather because they disobeyed. So throughout the thousands of years and um, these events, uh, they were to be reminded of this. However, because the Israelites were stiff-necked, 
they uh, became corrupted. They mixed with Gentiles, with foreign people, and their gods, and uh, became very corrupt and wicked in their ways, which led to the loss of their sovereignty, and um, uh, they were taken as captives. So no sovereignty. Uh, so because God had a plan to fulfill, those who remained um, were able to return back to the temple and they held on to this hope that God, who is the God who loves their forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who loves their ancestors would bring a better day and they would be able to restore their nation and regain their sovereignty and uh, be able to flourish once again. And that is why they live centered around the temple, giving sacrifice, holding on to this hope. And it was during this time Yeshua appeared before the temple. Jesus Christ appeared before the temple and he said, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. So the temple was a place they would serve the Lord God Jehovah. And if the temple was destroyed, then it would be their end and the annihilation, the extinction of their people for their food supply would be cut off. So it's not just about losing their sovereignty, but it would be the loss of food and they would therefore be destroyed. So they despised Jesus and wanted to put him to death when he said this. But Jesus, not only did he say to destroy the temple, but that he would raise it back in three days. So Jehovah, the name of Jehovah. So Jehovah is the creator. And what did he promise? That if you keep my commands, then I will provide you food. I will provide you bread. Whether it is manna or whether he sends ravens, he will provide them food. When they ate the food, it was the flesh that lived on. So Jehovah is the God of the flesh, the God of flesh. If they kept these fleshly regulations, the laws concerning the flesh, then it would be their flesh that would survive. But when Jesus had to destroy the temple, he meant that no longer would it be Jehovah God and of the flesh, but he would provide the food for the soul to live eternally. And that is why the Son of God came. That is why he came as the Son of Man. So he's the incarnate word. So the word became flesh. The word became flesh. God became flesh. Spirit became flesh. God who was in the beginning, in eternity, was the word. And the very word became flesh. And is the son of God and is the son of man. So Jesus, who was the son of God, Though born of the virgin, he is not the product of the union between a man and woman. But he is the word who became flesh. 
So he had a mother named Mary, but has no earthly father. He has no earthly father, but he does have a father who is the God in heaven. So the Word became flesh, and the reason why he came in the flesh was so that. No longer would it be the food for the flesh given in the name Jehovah, but it would be food for the soul that He would give in the name of Yeshua. That He, His flesh, He would become the food for the souls. And so, what He said in John chapter six, fifty-four to fifty-five. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. My flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is God. He is. The first and the last, and he is the beginning and the end. That he is the beginning and he is the end. He is the first and he is the last. Father, he God. So he came from the Father. He came from God. So he is God. Therefore. So from God came all things, and from Him, from Jesus, through Jesus, all things came to be. So now we turn to John chapter one, John chapter one, verse one. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. So through him all things were made, and who is he? He is the Word. In verse fourteen, it says he became flesh. The Word became flesh. Who is that referring to? It is a, the Son of Man, the one and only Son. So he is the beginning, and in essence, is also the end. He is the first and also the last. So does it make sense? So is daily bread guaranteed for you? Are you confident that you will not starve to death because I, your business is going well because you have job? Even people with jobs, we see um, their souls are dead. So this is all relevant to us. If you are living and breathing this food, this is relevant to us. So this word is relevant. This message is applicable to us. So we have to concentrate and focus. So God, Jehovah God, provided manna from heaven through through ravens. Yes, that is good. But if you eat and eat, you will die anyways. After you die, it's the end. But what of the soul? For we are born as descendants of Adam. We have which sins? We have the original sin, the self-committed sins, and sins of desire. 
we have these three types of sins. So everyone has these three sins. So we are all dead. So in order for our spirit, which were once dead in sin, to come alive is why he came in the flesh. And only when we drink his blood can our souls come alive. Amen. And into the souls that have come alive, he gives the bread of life. So he says, my blood and my flesh, referring to the real food and real drink. And he himself needed to eat food as well. So he was talking to a Samaritan woman when his disciples had gone to town to buy some food. So Jesus, uh, he finished talking to her and she left. And his disciples urged him to eat. And what Jesus said is, my food. So John chapter 4. So this is very important. John chapter 4, verse 34. Je my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. So once again, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. So Jesus also has food. It says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. So his food was not a physical piece of bread, but his food that he eats is to do the will of the Father and to finish the work of the Father. That was his food. So the son also had food he needed to eat in order to live. So he told his disciples to pray like this. That this then is how you should pray. Give us today our daily bread. This then is how you should pray. So let's, uh, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. In Matthew, uh, it says, give us today our daily bread. And then in Luke, uh, it says, um, give us each day our daily bread. So in the opening passage, it says, do not be concerned about what to eat or drink. These are for pagans. So what is right? What is right then? It says Jesus said to do this, and in other places it says not to. So it's confusing. But in Matthew chapter 6, that prayer is referring to those who have no such concerns of that. But if you are in need of that, then you ought to pray. So just like Jesus, our food is not the physical food that we chew and goes down our throats and into our stomachs. That's not the food he's talking about. Our food is to do the will of our Father God and to finish his work. So in the Lord's Prayer, when we say, give us today our daily bread, it is not about physical food. Now, we do not need to ask about that for daily food. There is no need to pray for that. But what must we pray for? We must pray to do the will of the Father and to finish his work. By eating this food, 
not to do the work of the flesh, but rather by eating the food that God gives us, let us now do the work of the soul. And what is that? It is to do the will of the Father and to finish his work. And this is the work we ought to do. And this is what this prayer means. Amen. And if we do this work, so even to unbelievers, to the birds in the air, to the thing, the creatures that crawl, to all things he provides, for God created all this. But our food is to do the will of the Father and to finish his work. And therefore, we do not have to worry about physical food, for he will provide it continually. That we need to be certain and experience this. We must experience this. Amen. So we are bread free. Worry-free, concern-free. When and how? So when we do the will of the Father and finish His work. When we do the will of the Father and finish His work, then we are worry-free. No worries or concerns will plague us. Hallelujah. Therefore, we are not to worry about what to eat or drink and what to wear, for the pagans run after these things. So he, he revealed this when he performed the miracle with the five loaves and two fish. So the multitudes were, they became hungry. So you know the story that uh, they became hungry and uh, the disciples had not prepared food and they didn't have anything. So Jesus asked, how many lo loaves do you have? And this little boy had five loaves and two fish. And he looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave it to his disciples and told them to sh uh, share that and to distribute it to the people. So, so with this, 5,008 and they were provided this food. Hallelujah. Who is he? Who is he? He provided abundantly, continuously. For who is he? He is the creator. He is the one who provided them food in the desert for 40 years. Hallelujah. And not only that, so, uh, after he preached uh, to Peter, he told him to let down the net. But Peter, he said, we've worked hard all night and have not caught anything. But because you command, so we will do so. And so as he did what the Lord instructed, he caught such a large number of fish that the nets began to break. Hallelujah. So do you believe this? But there was one who did not believe and it was judas iscariot who was very calculative and um he was a thief he had other concerns and and therefore we see him destined for hell so judas judas iscariot sold jesus off and he was uh 
So Jesus was uh, captured and was delivered to death. And when he died, he said, it is finished. He said, it is finished. And it was to say that, Father, I lay down my life according to your command, meaning that I have eaten all the food you have given me. So you, I have eaten all the food that, Father, you have given me, which was the command, the command, the word to lay down his life, for he knew his command leads to eternal life. He took the command of the Father as the bread of life, he, for he believed he would be raised back to life. Amen. And through his death, he condemned the devil who was a liar, who was the thief, and he shed his blood and sprinkled into the souls of all mankind. And those souls have become living souls. I am a living soul. Say amen if you believe that. As you are living and are alive, then what must you do? You eat. The dead do not eat. So your flesh is alive. And not only that, your soul is alive, and that's why you need to eat food. Why did you come on the Lord's Day? Why did you come to this service? For you are a soul. You need food for your soul to live the bread of life, the bread of heaven. Hallelujah. So he finished this work, and he ascended to heaven, and is the Lamb of God who sits on the throne. And Revelation 22 mentions that the river of the water of life flows from there and that the each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. So heaven. So what do we eat there? So you don't need food because in heaven you do not eat or drink. It says that. So we do not need food in heaven. But then Revelation 22, it talks about the 12 crops of fruit and it's yielding fruit continuously. So we eat there. So are you excited to go there then? So in that place, it, it is not where we eat or drink. While I, the soul, eats here on earth, when we enter heaven, we do not need to eat for we will be fully satisfied and content. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And shortly after, he sent the Holy Spirit to those who are living souls. I am a living soul. So the living soul now needs to live and needs the bread of life. First, you do not worry about food for the flesh. I will not worry about the food for the flesh until I die. So raise your hand if you're confident about that. Then raise your hand. Even if you're fired and you don't have a job, are you still confident? What if it's been a year since you've been unemployed and don't have anything or any source of income? What happens then? Even if there is a famine or drought and death, wouldn't the Father God be the ones he loves? Amen. So after reading such a verse, I truly feel so blessed. 
And I'm so confident about that. When I empty myself completely, God provides for and feeds me. And I've experienced this. The problem is my stomach keeps growing. But it's just so amazing. He continues to provide for and feed me. So I do not need to worry about what to eat or what to wear or what to drink. I, I experience being provided for. So even if there is a famine or some drought or economic crises or recession, it does not matter to me. Are you, aren't you envious of me? Aren't you? Maybe you say, Pastor, you don't work. So even if I don't work, but do I not work? I have a lot of steam coming from my head right now. Just so much steam coming from my head as I want to feed the bread of life to the souls he has given me, to rid of their unbelief and to empty them of fleshly desires, of fleshly things, and to fill them with the word of God so that they can grow in faith. So they do not have to worry about food for the flesh. So for this, I have so many worries. So I may not be doing physical labor, but this is spiritual work. This is spiritual work, and with spiritual concerns, I do this work. And because of this, God provides for me to this day. If God prepares, the bread is what the Father prepares for us. So we even read that God provides food through the ravens. So we ought not to be worried or concerned. We have little faith. And second, we must work first for the food of eternal life. In other words, meaning to first seek his kingdom and his righteousness. To seek his kingdom and his righteousness. So I would... So there's nothing more important than seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. So I will talk about kingdom and righteousness um, later. But we have to first seek his kingdom and righteousness. So the moment you, when you open so your eyes, we must pray. If you do not pray and believe you will be provided for, then you are a thief, a con. So we have to have action. So God prepares the food and we ought to do our part as well. In the Old Testament, it was God who provided food as long as they kept the commands. So this day, the first thing we do when we open our eyes is to pray. For those who do not pray, there will come a day when they will starve. People in the world are predicting the economic future and it is happening as forecasted and I've uh, preached about this previously in the end times there will be famines and for us to live and survive we have to first seek his kingdom and righteousness and we ought to pray for that the moment we open our eyes we pray the first thing you ought to do is prayer. Amen. If you do not pray and you expect answers, then you are just a religious man and deserve to starve to death. 
from the start of the day as he is the first and the last the beginning and the end when we begin the day we ought to start with prayer so that we can see the results of our prayers and bear fruit amen hallelujah and lastly we do we are not to be concerned about tomorrow do not worry about tomorrow so do not worry about tomorrow or we might die today so there's no need to worry about tomorrow there are many who are alive today but will be gone tomorrow so tomorrow is not guaranteed and it's not about one's age but so do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself today this day is my last day today is the day that I ought to do the work of my soul it's the very last day we can work for our soul the best day the last day the best day and with such resolve each and every day we begin if we live each day like that then the father will surely provide us our daily bread and when he comes he will take our souls to enter the father's house in heaven to receive eternal life and just like eating and drinking in this place where there is joy and happiness we will experience it abundantly hallelujah amen so we have now begun the year 2023 and uh, so there are so immature the 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 kids are excited about the new year they say happy new year but for adults there are lots of concerns that come it's not as happy as you think so don't you have concerns and worries when you start the day I'm a pastor and I do I wonder what will happen to our church this year those are my concerns there are no others except for the church what will our church go through this new year? These uncertain fears come. And when you see the world, there are always fears and anxieties. But when I pray, I gain a new strength. Amen. Hallelujah. Just like I'm soaring on wings of eagles, like eagles. Amen. And as we start the year with these vague and uncertain worries or concerns, we also have this hope that when we pray, that there is an expectation and let these hope be fulfilled in the name of Yeshua by obeying his word. Hallelujah. Let us pray.